Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 191, the unification of religion and science. Join the team as we explore the workings of the Spiritual Science Research Foundation with Sadhguru Syria. Welcome. Uh, uh, welcome, Rafael. I hope you guys are doing well this evening. Uh, something we do on the front end of these episodes is to correlate the episode number, which is 191, in this case, to a major arcana uh, of the Tarot. And this is going to be, not surprising, the High Priestess card. I offer up the mysteries of life. The High Priestess is about trusting your intuition, listening to your inner guides, understanding yourself better, listening to the music of the universe, and allowing creative ideas to germinate. Raphael, what card have you? Here we have, unsurprisingly, another angel as we're going through an angel deck here. This is the Angel of Healing. This angel is called, uh, I have it properly. Well, uh, the Angel of Healing is called Mahasya, and this angel is invoked invoke to live in peace with everyone. This angel has control of philosophy and theology, the high sciences, the arts, and the professions. And uh, here it is about um, the rectification of errors, reform, the reestablishment of divine order, the facilitation of learning, the capacity to live in peace and enjoy simple natural things, uh, success in exams, also interestingly enough, admittance into initiatic schools, 
Dream Analysis, Study of Symbolic Languages, uh, Decoding Everyday Science, Aptitude for Initiatic Sciences, Improvement of One's Character, A Beautiful Happy Life, Aptitude for Languages. Whereas the distortive aspects here are uh, wicked, pernicious, ignorance, licentiousness, sexual abuse, denial of one's errors, bad-tempered, difficulty in learning, poor choices, and authoritarianism. So here we are already kind of doing a foray into some of the topics we'll explore tonight. Sadhguru Syriac, what say you of those uh, ideas, interpretations, anything that resonates with you? Uh, Raphael, for us about um, interpretation, so it's SSRF. I will share it a little bit more today about uh, the topic about uh, how to end and overcome uh, intrusive uh, sexual thoughts. It is a interesting topic. And for us, we bridge or bridge that spirituality and science together to explain to others. So actually, we I will spend it a little bit more after. I can see a bunch of resonances just between it being intuitive, right? Bridging spirituality and like reality with the high priestess, but also obviously Raphael kind of, uh, that angel seemed like, uh, angel card, it seemed something to the effect of healing sexual trauma, getting things right, you know, getting woke, so to speak. So pretty cool stuff. All right, um, Raphael, why don't you introduce us to the idea of how this episode even came about and we'll kind of go from there. Great. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. So uh, we did um, the, let's say, event streaming for the Alternative World Economic Forum happening in Davos every summer, not in wintertime as the, let's say, very well known one usually happens with all we had all kinds of amazing speakers, uh, really great organizations. It's called the Summer Beth. And there we met uh, Hans Martin Heyerling, who's also done some shows. He has this uh, research and development network of Swiss companies that are actually developing mainly not for profit, but to actually create really sustainable products and services and ideas. And uh, he's also in very good connection, as I understand, with SSRF and uh, gave us, let's say, the um, recommendation to invite them as well and this is what happened uh, for german shows already and since we said we also want to do something in english of course we had to turn it into a team rabbit hole episode so here we are that's what's up so i know that there's a biography i know that there's a biography on the website um but kind of briefly um go through kind of who you are and how you got to where you are now and maybe some of your how you view your mission on earth etc yes uh, rafael and and jim so just i would like to introduce myself um, my name is syriac uh, i come from france and i'm practicing spirituality now for more than 20 years uh, I've been to India the first time in 1999, that's been more than 20 years ago. And uh, in 2009, actually, I dedicated fully uh, my life to spirituality and I moved to India with my wife and my daughter. And we lived uh, in an ashram for more than 10 years, uh, completely, were completely focused in uh, practicing spirituality. And there were a lot of 
uh, amazing experience to discover more about self and and realize that actually there is a such higher dimension. And now, since actually 2018, I started uh, first traveling in Asia. So I went in many countries such as uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, went to New Zealand, Australia also to give different lectures on spirituality. Then I went back to India. And then now, uh, since 2000, uh, 19 May 2019, I, I went back to Europe, uh, where actually we are traveling. We are actually, and as I speak now, so to you tonight, uh, I am in Germany. I am now presently uh, at Edford, that is um, in the center of Germany. And since the beginning of the year, we are traveling nonstop around Europe with a caravan. And we sleep there. We are a different seeker with us also coming from Germany, Austria. And we keep and friends also, and we are also rotating. Uh, we have also, um, since the COVID was there, so we had to stop in March for two months. And then we restarted. We restarted after in May. And then we did different country before also, like uh, Amsterdam. We were in Holland, Belgium. Uh, we were in France. Uh, we were in Switzerland. Austria, Croatia. So we park a lot of kilometers and we meet different people who are actually interested about spirituality. So either they want to know more about spirituality, they want to overcome their problems. And of course, now we have less physical lecture, but more live stream. We have live stream all the time, almost daily. Just before I come now to the talk show, we had our almost daily collective uh, meditation sessions that people come from different parts of the world and we do collectively almost one hour of, of meditation and tomorrow also we have another live stream which is very interested. It is about uh, question and answer. So we share a topic and we um, give the right to others to ask any questions in regard of this topic because ultimately in spirituality we should be able to get an answer for our questions. So this is has I'm doing this as my spiritual practice, and there are many seekers also. And about SSRF, this is an acronym of the Spiritual Science Research Foundation. It was founded in 2006 uh, with the blessing of uh, His Holiness Dr. Atavuri, that is a saint from higher level from India. And ultimately, his, um, his objective or the objective of SSRF is to explain about the spiritual dimension. So there is a subtle world and it can affect us positively and negatively. And it's in a way also this is one of our main points we said to bridge the known and unknown. We are all aware there is a subtle world, but sometimes we it is unseen now, but we can't actually sometimes comprehend or we have to interpret. But actually in spirituality there is a science behind it. It is since the uh, beginning of the universe. And this science is always the same. And we have a lot of articles. We have seekers from all over the world who um, do service to the website or service to God as a spiritual practice. And, then, and if you go on the website, you have more than actually close to 700 articles on different topics. You have spiritual phenomenon that we have, let's say, what is the effect of moon on men? And uh, we show that how when there is new moon and full moon, uh, there is different things that can happen. 
and you have also what happened after death. We have also showing different articles on way of living, uh, different things we do, how it can help us spiritually, or sometimes things can harm us also. And what we do also, we um, in conjunction also with the University of Spirituality, that is called the Maharishi University of Spirituality, that is also the founder, you know, His Holiness Dr. Atavoli is also the founder of the university. And we do a lot of research using biofeedback device. Uh, we have different biofeedback device like the PIP, it's a polygraphy interference photography. It is similar to Kirillian photography in a way. We can take uh, image photo of aura field. Uh, we use also UTS scanners, that is a, a biofeedback, uh, biofeedback device that was made by a nuclear scientist that actually is able to measure by meters the aura of different objects, living and non-living. And I myself also participated in different experiments and also saw different experiments. And it's really amazing to see how um, with a biofeedback device we can understand or see a glimpse of the spiritual dimension. Because ultimately this is the aim. Uh, in today's world we live in a science, in the world of science and more we can say Cartesian, and sometimes is this, if we don't see, we don't believe. So that's why we are trying to show uh, with this biofeedback device and the result that there is a subtle world. And all the research is also published on the website at ssrf.org. And the main objective is these two main objectives that we have is one is to as I shared before, to explain about the subtle world and how it can affect us positively or negatively. And the second is to help the seekers, that means someone who have desire to grow spiritually. So we help them, guide them, because we have the potential to grow all the way to God realization, or some of you maybe call it like that, like enlightened. But ultimately, there is a way for a human being to, if we practice spirituality, to grow more and more and experience more the divine or experience, we can say, spiritual emotion or bliss that is beyond or the happiness and unhappiness we actually are common to experience. And this is in a way the objective and the aim of SSRF is to actually help to show this knowledge. So of course, I invite you to read on our website at ssrf.org uh, because the knowledge speaks by itself. That's and wonderful. Um, so it seems right in line with the card, the High Priestess card, you're taking very esoteric, kind of subtle, hidden worlds that are always present, the music of the universe, so to speak, um, and making it more readily accessible um, to people who are interested in vibrating at that uh, kind of level. Um, so it seems really resonant with the card already. I'm kind of curious, um, I just want to ask you a few questions maybe about uh, your past and then we can kind of delve into the topic at hand that you have, I believe, a presentation for. Um, how was living in an ashram uh, for a decade, might I add? That's not like five month stint or anything. That's like a long, uh, a hot minute, as they say. So uh, what was the kind of philosophy of that specific ashram and what were some maybe experiences that you thought were in, worth noting, telling uh, viewers about? Yes, Jim, actually, I, as I shared, I came first time uh, in 1999 and I stay only 
first one month and after two, three months, six months, that is a maximum. And then in 2009, we stayed 10 years. Yes, it is a long time. Initially, it took time to adapt because the culture is different and living in an ashram uh, where we are in the research center in Goa, India of SSRF and the University of Spirituality, there is more than five, 600 seekers who live there. So to live in the common space where you have two, 300 seekers, and it is actually a beautiful feeling because after that, you, you usually with a family, you feel close to one, two parents, brother, sister, maybe cousin, five to 10. But in living in Ashram, you develop a closeness with people who come from all over the world huh? because we have, of course, mainly seekers from India, but there are also seekers who come from different parts of the world, from USA, Canada, uh, we have some South America as well. We have from Asia, Europe. And the beauty of the experience is that even though we may be from different backgrounds, religion also, but that unity bound because and that closeness that you experience with seekers. And in a way, in one hand, the ashram became my home. That's beautiful. Say, Tribune. Uh, um so was this an ashram that had a specific lineage? Like, was it, um, you know, a Ganesh temple or was it kind of beyond uh, religion in that sense? Was it more of an, um, a spiritual research kind of uh, group, more or less, like you were saying? In the ashram, I will explain it a little bit in short. Actually, the lineage of our guru, Dr. Parambuja, Dr. Atavoli, is actually from Shankaracharya. And but the research center is also um, there is studio there is some studio where different video are there and the research has done, and there are different department also in the ashram, uh, where some uh, write newspapers. You have also books who are published. So His Holiness Doctor Atavoli spent his time to write many books, and there are more than three hundred books that has been done in different. Uh, in especially Marathi, Hindi, and English, and are not translated in other languages. So there are many seekers who does this service of seva uh, to actually compile those books and prepare them. And there is also in the ashram some departments that some practice cultures, um, practicing drawings, cultures, uh, as their spiritual practice, because there is one principle and there is as many paths to God as there are people. So actually, everyone does there in a way the daily practice. We can say we do our chanting or meditation. Then we work on our personal development. We're trying to work on overcoming our own defect or ego, where we have also different meeting in ashram. And after seeker does their different seva or service, as per week, as I share. Some are learning through art. So some are doing sculpture. Some are doing dance. Uh, so there are, you can see, different departments, and some we join together for some, let's say, chanting sessions or some meeting to work on improve ourselves. And this is what is the beauty of the ashram there. There are different departments and different skills that everyone perform uh, in a way to grow spiritually. That's fascinating. It seems like, um, I mean, the age of Aquarius in New Age kind of terms is dawning upon us and it seems like that's a very much a real extension of uh communalism right where people are um living together eating together 
even though much like a human body, uh, the eyeball is not the hand, is not the you know foot. Um, the whole organism seemed to be uh, cohesive and working together for a common goal, which I, it seems like is uh, the pursuing of truth through seeking, like you're saying, but also um, creating media and documentation of the uh, insights and discoveries that are being had there. So that's pretty cool stuff. It, all, it reminds me a little of, um, I'm not sure how familiar with Western, you know, like American culture you are, but like X-Men or Harry Potter, like Hogwarts. <laughs> um, it sounds like a place where, you know, people on a very certain wavelength are going, and as we say on the episode, um, the podcast, finding the others, uh, finding people in a similar, uh, not exact, but like similar wavelength, similar trajectory in life. Uh, and moving forward together. What were some of the, I mean, we don't have to go too much more into detail, but I'm kind of curious, living with that many people, um, what were some of the harder aspects of that dynamic? Sorry if you can repeat your question, Jim. For sure. Um, like, it sounds like a beautiful experience, and it was probably mostly positive, uh, but I'm sure living with a group of that many people might have been tricky or, like, problematic. Um what were some of the harder, uh, more difficult uh, aspects of living in a group of of so many people that uh, I know you get to learn to meet, like, just like any family, there's sometimes, you know, fighting with siblings and, um, you know, disagreements. Was it, did you feel like confined or uh, did it, you know, I guess I'm kind of getting it, like how did living in a large group like that, what were some of the um, the growing pains of that experience? Hi, Jim. So just uh, here you have uh, into a research center around, or the Hashram, we say around five to six hundred seekers. And of course, you don't interact with all, as you some with you have more closeness, but you know everyone. And with some, you interact much more. Uh, with some, you interact less. You see them, of course, because of language barrier also. And see the, what is the beauty and what is the difference between, let's say, home we have brother, sister, and cousin, and sometimes, or with colleague at work, huh? sometimes then what happens, you have some closeness, and then you have some disagreement, and then you have some, you keep in mind, and then you keep grudge or things like that. But what uh, seekers come here, they come for spiritual practice, and we actually work on this process of reducing ego and defect of personality and we that's why we meet often also or we have what we call satsang it's a group of seekers who join and express and to express also how what we have in mind so sometimes we may have something in mind of course because something did not happen as per our expectations so we and some are different personalities some are insecure some are um, we can say more confident some are shy, so everyone, of course, has a different personality, and when they come together, definitely from time to time there are differences. But where is the beauty if seekers come together? They express in mind what they have in mind, and then they clarify their thoughts, and then they understand each other. Why? Because they work on this process. So, as I shared before, there are differences, but because the seeker works sincerely to overcome that, uh, there is more understanding. And that is where you are able to have unity. And that is not always seen. And many people also, because they live in India, people from different paths also come to visit the research center and also are quite seen amazed to see that how come so many people can live in unity. 
and in a way this is what the aim also is if tomorrow this unity is there then the world will be different right it seems like um it's very much a microcosm of the world and when people have um like you're saying a unified spirit or purpose um we have much more in common than we have that uh separates us generally so it's nice to hear that it, it works um and is hopefully encouraging to people listening because i know uh especially in the coming you know years we're probably going to start living more with collectives that we can resonate with and pursue truth um through love and you know uh communal living and stuff like that this is probably gonna be more normal you know people born in cities tend to stay there just because of cultural reasons or you know oh i have a wife and a kid here i'm gonna stay here uh it's very different um when people are unified with a spirit of purpose so uh that's kind of all the questions i'm going to ask on the front end i uh rafael did you have anything you wanted to ask no go ahead jim word so thank you for kind of divulging that it sounds like a beautiful experience 10 years is a long time um, but that is obviously also a very formative and educational experience um, of which you're bearing fruit now so good on you uh, and your family i'm sure the wife and kid were like what the heck <laughs> maybe at some points but i'm sure that you know it's a profound experience altogether so very cool very unique and hopefully more uh more of a regular experience for people in the coming years so i want to give you the time now to kind of present um the thing that you wanted to present i'm not sure you said it would take about 45 minutes so i, I figured now would be a good time to start um kind of go i mean the conch is yours as they say and lord of the flies uh speak about whatever you'd like and we'll listen and i think there's going to be some um people listening that have questions i'll ask some questions at the end and we can kind of go from there Yes, thank you, Jim. So actually, uh, today's topic we have chosen is uh, about um, how to overcome or to end, we can say, um, intrusive sexual thoughts or habit, how to overcome, we can say, sexual thoughts sometimes that we may not want to, to have. And I will explain, of course, in the, what I will share, what is a relation with spirituality and, and what can be the obstacles. And Actually, because why we also took that topic, because many doesn't want to speak about it, or it is actually taboo, we say. Or there is fear of feeling guilty about that topic, of some feel shame. Some doesn't want to speak also, or reach out. And on SSRF, as I shared, it's a spiritual science research foundation. If people are joining and listening, uh, SSRF is the acronym I will be using as a website, it is ssrf.org. So we have a live chat uh, and login. This is where people ask questions and uh, we receive around more than 1,500 live chat and questions per month. And for the past 10 years, and then we have seen that this topic come often because people in live chat, you know, they, they say openly, oh, I have this problem, this problem. And this is actually quite a common problem. And actually, most people have sexual thought, and it can be understood in a way to have sexual desire because it is in a way normal, we can say. It is like a need. But actually, where is the point or what is the uh, issue? It is really when it becomes excessive, uh, such as you know, one may feel um, negative 
or feeling like because feeling bad about looking at porno or one has sexual thoughts about somebody else with whom one is married we can say or somebody has with a, is a relationship but at attraction to somebody else or different sexual thoughts and during the day also we may have uh, repeated sexual thoughts or but the person sometimes is too much repetitive that it stops them for some time for be able to um, practice things in all in their daily life so they get disturbed by it or they get indulged in sexual activities and ultimately what happens when this happens no, it can actually affect us and it affects others the one with whom we live around and ultimately it can really affect our relationship and sometimes we can say divorce or problem happen because of that and quite often also it's the topics that you don't speak or difficult to speak it may be sometimes speaking with a counselor or sometimes you may be speaking with your best friend but you may not be always be able to speak freely and just to share about about like um, how it affects us in a way spiritually or what are the disadvantage see in a way what we are to say when it comes in excess huh, uh, it gives this illusory feeling of it gives us happiness and it's something that you don't you know doesn't end and then in a way it drains the person and the question is uh, does that affect us spiritually what i wanted to say also before answering these questions is uh, because for us what we are looking at now the topic that we have taken we are not talking on that psychological aspect we are going to address it what happened at the spiritual dimension or spiritual level this is what 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 we are more to address and this question is yes is actually affect us spiritually because ultimately see uh, we have attachment to our five senses mind and intellect so ultimately what happened we are uh, we have this body mind intellect and we have also this soul that is in a way the divine the divine principle in every single of us but what happened our mind and intellect is so active that actually we are not able to experience this god or this divine within us and also daily activity that we do is actually we are drive by our five senses and in a way the sexual the excessive sexual drive in a way will increase our attachment to these five senses mind and intellect and actually while spirituality is what is actually overcoming our attachment this is actually why we do spirit is to overcome those different attachment to the five senses mind and intellect and also at spiritual level also it reduce our energy level and just wanted to explain also that often you know we look at the physical and psychological solution for the different problem we have we can say such as abstinence or not to meet the person or not to go on the net to look at sexual things but actually what happens the problem keep persisting they keeps repeating 
And why actually, maybe, because some may be trying, no, I don't want this, I don't want this, but we keep, it keeps repeating from time to time. And because most of the time what happens, the root cause may not have been addressed. And here actually when it comes to sexual thought, it is what we say at, at the mental level. And it starts at the mental level, at the level of thought, and it may go after at the level of action. And what we have seen as spiritual research is as the case of, we can say, mental problem, the proportions of the spiritual component of to be the root cause is very high. So I will just explain. You see, most of the time now in today's time, most of the problems are tackled at the physical and psychological level. But they are not looked at the spiritual level. And even we look 100 years ago, what happened, only the problem was addressed at physical level. Now we are paying into consideration physical and psychological level. Just to give an example, just to illustrate that topic, that we have some person who suffer from eczema for 20 years. And what happens, they were uh, addressed at physical level and as well as psychological level. But the problem were reoccurring for 20 years. And when we started to address it, in using some mantras, at that time, the problem vanished completely within three months. Why? Because the root cause of the problem was actually spiritual in nature. And here, what is what we will say for the excessive sexual thoughts, um, the main cause, or we can say the spiritual root cause. The spiritual root cause is actually due to a negative energy affecting a person or departed ancestor who affect a person. I will explain, of course, a little bit more about these um, two points. So actually with departed ancestors is somebody who, are, who died, who passed away and we are in the afterlife. And what happens if when the person don't have enough spiritual strength or spiritual energy, they get stuck in the afterworld. They are not able to go to the positive plane of existence. And because we have the highest give and take account with them, uh, they are still bound to us. So they can still affect us from the afterlife. And because they don't have physical body, they can use our body to enjoy sex through us. And, and it is also the same pattern with different type of addictions, alcohol, drugs, it's the same pattern. And actually they want to satisfy their own cravings for sex or trouble the person. This is often, quite often, that's why the person sometimes know that what they do may be incorrect or sometimes they know that this will create problem in their life or may also end relationship. But they are not able to stop. Why? Because the problem is caused by the spiritual dimension. So as I share now, there is this departed ancestor or negative energy. There are people also who are affected uh, by negative energy. This means the negative energy affects the person, can affect the person from outside or from inside. And what happens is the sexual desire is ingrained in human being because it is 
of the need of reproductions. And in a way, because in today's time also, people are not doing spiritual practice. The spiritual level or capacity are less. So they don't have um, protections. So it is very easy for negative energy to affect them at this level. And for, uh, we can say for a um, person no, who does spiritual practice sometime also, even the person works on, works on it, negative energy also can affect uh, the seekers. Also, because in a way what happened, as I shared before, at that time they lose a lot of energy when this happened. And just wanted to share also a, a different point um, because we come across, as I shared before, now we have live chat where we receive a lot of questions daily. And uh, even I met because I'm traveling and some people have confined, some people who are experiencing different problems. We have also on the website some article and it happened more to women than men. It's sometimes a, a woman feel harassed or molesting during the night. So they are in sleep and they're able to experience some unseen entity. Or, you know, they feel like being touched or raped. So some women experience and they actually are, it can be quite uh, scary. And they also may be wondering what is happening because it can be really um, some women who share to us those problems were uh, quite destabilize and also of more or less often the person doesn't speak to others why because they feel other will not believe me but it is something that sometime at night uh, negative energy also can um, affect the person more to women and less to men but importantly we are going to also share some different uh, solutions uh, what can be done at spiritual level to protect ourselves? Because at night, or some of some also, what what happens? They start having very bad dreams or sexual dreams also. And when they wake up the next day, they are quite disturbed uh, by it. And why at, at night also? Because at night it is very easy uh, for negative energy to affect a person. For two reasons: is because at night the person sleep. So at that time the person is more vulnerable and during night also the negative vibrations in the atmosphere are much higher. But of course that is at night but after as I share also um, how to overcome those sexual thoughts that the person may have during the day because it can be quite distracting as uh, some person are trying to perform a task or even walking at that time, and suddenly some different distracting thoughts like that. And at that time, the person lose focus, and the thought may be so intense and strong that the person sometimes is not able to perform. So we actually uh, have some few solutions uh, at the spiritual level that we can do. Is One is repeating uh, the name of God, and how it works is um, because there is one principle that name, form, and energy coexist. So when you re repeat a divine chant, at that time you imbibe this divine principle or this divine energy within you and around you. 
And that, uh, if the person is affected by negative energy, then it will create a protective shield around the person. At that time, it is, it will be um, reduce the attack from negative energies. And there are two types of chains that I would like to uh, to share, and along with a specific mudra. A mudra is, uh, uh, some of you may be knowing, is a very ancient technique from India, and it's a different finger postures. Um, and because see, every finger is associated with an element, it's called panchatattvas, and every finger is associated with a different element, there is earth, water, fire, wind, and ether. And when they are bringing different positions, along with a specific chant or mantras, it will generate a specific type of vibration or energies. And mudra can be powerful. So here is there is this simple mudra technique that is called nyas. Uh, that is a nyas, I think I will, if maybe can be passed on the also in the chat so somebody can see on the website or you can also type uh, on the website at ssrf.org you can type nyas it is n-y-a-s and um, it is bringing the five finger together in the and then putting towards the chakras i don't know if some of you may be knowing about chakra we have seven chakras they are in a way subtle center of energy in our body and here what happened negative energy try to affect our chakras so that we actually um, cannot progress spiritually it is one way how also they affect us they will affect the we can say our spiritual uh, capacity so the nyas is bringing the five finger together and putting towards the chakras, which can be the two main chakras that help us. Uh, it is a Manipur chakra. This is also what we call the navel. Or you have also the Anahat chakra. It has the level of the, what we call also the heart chakra. It is not at the chakra, at the heart exactly. It is in the middle, one centimeter above plexus. So for the First, nyas, it is uh, how to overcome excessive sexual thoughts. Uh, the nyas will be at the level of the navel, so that placing the nyas at the level of navel, and to repeat the divine chant of Shri Anumate Namaha. I will say it uh, for 10-20 seconds, so that in case you can memorize it and repeat also by yourself in mind. It will be like that. So we, Shri Anumate Namaha Shri Anumate Namaha Shri Anumate Namaha Shri Anumate Namaha So that chant actually has the capacity to fight negative energy and to protect. So that chant along with uh, Nya, so when the person experiences excessive sexual thought, that healing chant as well as this nyas can be done and it can be done until it subsides and so it can be done for some time it may take sometimes five minutes ten minutes it will depends for every individual initially when the person may have intensive excessive shuttle thoughts it may take some time to re reduce 
And it's a matter of time with the person pulses slowly, slowly, instead of having a resistance for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it may reduce to five minutes, three minutes, and then the person may start experiencing reductions in the intensity of the thoughts uh, or the number of the thought after a few minutes. I would like to share also another uh, Nyas or Mudra technique with another divine chant. It is to overcome looking at porno, or we can say sexual literature. And this Mudra Nyas, uh, it's called at the level of the heart chakra. I just shared before, uh, one centimeter above the plexus. And at that time, the divine chant that can be done, it is three different names. Um, I will share and after I will repeat uh, all three of them for some time. One is Om Namah Shivai, Shri Durga Devye Namaha, and Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. It's just why three different chants? Because as I shared before, every name of God is actually associated to different principles. And here you have different type of principles that will help uh, to fight uh, the negative vibrations or the negative energy. So I will just repeat uh, for around 20 to 30 seconds those three chant so that you understand the rhythm and how to say it. Again, it can said it can be said loudly uh, at that time when the person have strong thought. It can be said loudly, or but it is better if it can be done in mind. Why? Because in mind it has more strength. So like that, the chant can be done. It is Om Namai Shivai, Shri Durgai Devye Namaha, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namai Shivai, Shri Durgai Devye Namaha, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namai Shivai, Shri Durga Devye Namaha Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya This is how uh, it can be it can be repeated. Of course, uh, as I share, it can be repeated for a duration of five minutes, ten minutes, or even sometimes even more uh, until the thoughts or the desire become less. Um, what we will do also, um, now we can play, what we will do, another chant, this is this universal chant, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. What we will do, we can do that exercise now, To we will play the uh, divine chant in low tone for around four to five minutes, so you can just, you can just close your eyes, you can also repeat in your mind uh, the chant, or if you find difficult, you can just focus on your own breath, and listen to the divine chant so now we can play the divine chant for four or five minutes om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om 
नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम 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 नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय 
नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय थैंक यू राफेल Uh, just you can see as uh, those who are listening if you just were doing that exercise and listen on how you are feeling uh, from inside if you feel any difference at the level of your mind you can also share also in the chat or if you come to the radio show uh, just wanted also to explain another uh, remedy that is a uh, actually ancient and simple uh, very effective is called salt water healing remedy we can also paste uh, the link uh, in the chat so you can see we have a video tutorial that explain how to perform it and i will share how how it is done so this healing remedy happen at the level of water and fire and it is using uh, water as because water actually a uh, element and it has a lot of potency and as well as using rock salt and we put we take a bucket where you put two teaspoon of rock natural rock salt and you can put your feet inside and at the level of the ankle it should go a little bit above the ankle and at that time we can just uh, repeat the chant like that you can chant or you can focus on your breath don't do other activity as a time we can praise that the black energy affecting our body be, be sucked out because actually the water and the rock salt have the ability to absorb the black or negative vibration from our body and many often we have those who experience stress lethargy uh, uh, sexual thoughts like that so when the salt water is done many time many have experience um, like relief and also some have overcome different problem it is old in some ancient and simple technique not so much used because of course it doesn't bring much money it is something very simple you can do at home and after that you can not to do more than 15 minutes because after that what happens the black energy that has been absorbed in the water can return in our body so it is the same thing like in a bathtub also not it can be done in the bathtub as well all the body but it's not to remain more than 15 we recommend to do around 10 minutes or so and after the dirty water can be um, thrown in the toilet and this is very simple and very effective and costs and costs just rock salt but honestly it has many seekers uh, were practicing it have a come i have experienced a lot of changes so that is one simple technique that you can do at home and another technique also this is the last uh, technique i would like to explain so i have just shared the first technique about repeating the divine chant as well as the nyas mudra the second was the salt water healing remedy and the third one is some what we call auto suggestions technique it is in this process of uh, pdr process is overcoming defect of personality and there is one specific technique called auto suggestions some of you may be knowing what we call affirmations uh, 
but there is a difference between affirmations and auto-suggestions. Affirmation usually is one sentence, a simple sentence that helps to um, stop, we can say, an emotions or a situation. So we it will say, I'm calm, I'm calm. This is more like an affirmations. And the auto-suggestion is actually um, addressing the root. It is actually a specific sentence that we, ourselves, huh, will formulate, and it is tailor-made to our mind, because every one mind is unique, is different. So what works for you may not work for the other, or what works for you may not work for me, because my mind is different, my thoughts process are different. So usually, uh, through understanding what are the thoughts that troubles me, I will frame a specific um, suggestions that will help me to overcome, in a way, a wrong habit or a wrong thoughts. So usually, we help them also to overcome anger, insecurity, worry, stress. It is very helpful because ultimately we can suffer from those defects such as anger, insecurity, worry. And here we can use this technique to actually overcome, we can say, repetitive sexual thoughts. Just to explain, see what happens that we have the mind and the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind store all our impressions and thoughts. And those keeps on always going eh, from the subconscious mind to the mind all the time. So what happens, we are not able to stop the mind because uh, it's like trying to stop the sea to cast wave to the shore. We cannot. So some people resort to meditation. So what they say, they say they do meditation. Why? Because it is one technique to stop the thought to enter the mind. Because when the mind is empty and there is no thought in the mind, then we are in a calm state of mind. Or we enter, we can say, meditation or concentrations. When there are many, many thoughts in our mind, we cannot have calmness of mind. So chanting, is also what I should for one technique that helps to reduce the number of thoughts. And here what we do, this auto-suggestion technique, is to repeat a specific sentence that will help to change our habit, our wrong habit. So let's say I will explain and share that. Uh, so we start with whenever, it is whenever I start having repetitive sexual thoughts, I will become aware of it, realize that is not going to help me and my relationship. So I will stop and focus on chanting. I will just repeat whenever I start having repeating sexual thought, I will become aware and realize that it will not help me and my relationship. So I will stop and focus on chanting. So what happens is when we repeat that sentence, you say, you, say, you say it is one time, but the system is you repeat that that thought five times and you do it three times a day. So small sessions where you repeat five times the same sentence 15 times a day. And what happens when we start repeating like that for a number of days, we create these new impressions in our subconscious mind. Because every impression in our subconscious mind has been created by repetitions. We learn languages, we learn mathematics, schools, like poems at school, by repetition only. So the thing is how impressions are created, quality or defect. So here what happens when that we repeat that thought, so usually what happens, the person has sexual thought, 
they are not able to stop it now because thoughts keeps coming. We have no way how to stop them. But because we have repeated that specific technique for a number of days, when those thoughts come, at that time that memory will come back to the conscious mind and will tell me, it will not help me. It will not help my relationship. Stop, do this. So it divert me. And then I stop my bad habit or my bad actions. So this is one uh, technique that is very helpful, but just also it takes some time to build that impression. So don't expect that you, you can build that impression within one to three days. It takes some time. See if the person is having um, sexual thoughts and indulge to it for 20 years. It cannot overcome within two, three days. It is impossible now because the force and the strength of the impression is very big. So it takes time. But ultimately, we have many seekers, not only who overcome thoughts like that, but different defects also, such as anger, insecurity. I would like to share also another technique. Uh, it's about feeling guilty, because often in this topic that we are sharing about uh, sexual thoughts or sexuality, sometimes a person may feel guilty. So, especially guilty about masturbation. So the person may say, whenever I feel guilty about masturbation, I will realize that it is safe and healthy. So I will stop to feel guilty about it. This is one way, in a way, to stop feeling guilty and go into negative state of mind. See here, what I'm trying to say by that type of sentence is the person does something wrong and after the person feel guilty about it. So that's why it's how to overcome guilt feeling and then how to overcome the actions and after how to overcome the thought. For some also, sometimes, uh, this is the last two I wanted to share, but because he sometimes know, the person may know that such activity can really affect the relationship, uh, but the person may not be able to stop. So usually we may say, whenever I feel like to watch porn, I will become aware, I will stop myself and start chanting, or I will stop myself and do something else. So the person may be able to do that with that technique. But sometimes when the thought is too strong and the habit is so much that what happens, the person is not able to stop and they know they should not do it. So there is another technique, but that the person, what we call the last resort, is a person can pinch himself. So whenever I feel like watching porn, I will become aware and pinch myself. Because see, mind understand pain. So at that time, at least, okay, it's not pleasant, but at least we will refrain from doing something that may hurt myself or may hurt uh, the one who are close to me or may hurt my life. So of course, of course, everyone is free to choose, but just to understand that there are ways how we can overcome different wrong habits that we may have for many years. Just to end a little bit, uh, with what I share about the different point. Of course, you can ask questions eh, in regards to this topic. And just wanted to add, to share with, um, in a way, can we be happy without uh, sex? Because in today's time, it seems that it is one way of dry, of getting happiness. See, ultimately what happened, no? we get happiness through the five senses, mind and intellect. And they have always a peak and an end. So some people, get 
happiness from food. So, you, but how many hours it lasts? It may last few hours. Some people get happiness through literature, listening to music. So same, that happiness will be only lasting for some time. There is an end in happiness. There is a beginning and an end. And so some people also get happiness from sex because it's sexual activity. But actually, at practical level, no. When somebody practice spirituality and grow spiritually slowly, slowly, the different desire in the person start reducing. All the any type of desires they become less because we share our spiritual practice is to overcome the different desires through our five senses, mind and intellect. And from that, that happiness that we may get, no, it actually come from the soul within. And that has no hand. Any other happiness that we may get from the outside, or we always have a hand. But through, we can say we grow spiritually, or that happiness, we can say, coming from the soul, is everlasting. And at that time, when the person grows spiritually, you know, what happens is, maybe some of you may have experience, and when we are in a happy state of mind, we don't need much. We are happy now, we don't. But when we are unhappy, we need things to make us happy. And ultimately, we may get happy five minutes, ten minutes, one hour. And then again, we go back to this maybe neutral state or unhappiness. But here, when we grow spiritually, then we are happy, devoid of stimulus. We are happy from inside. And ultimately, what happens when we are experience bliss or a pure state, then automatically all the desire from outside become less and we don't need them. Why? Because we get fulfilled. Ultimately when we, we don't get happiness, now we get we need that happiness to get fulfilled. But when we grow spiritually, that fulfillness comes from within. So automatically the outside drives become less, become less important. So what I'm trying to say in short is, we may try different ways, but one secure way is by practicing spirituality and growing spiritually, then we'll be able to overcome different problems in life. Sexual problem is one, but there are so many other problems. And again, what happened? Problems happen because of destiny that we have. We experience happiness and unhappiness. Uh, that's it uh, for today's topic. Uh... Uh, hello, can I ask a question? Uh, sure. Yes. Uh, yes, um, it is a very interesting topic and it's nice that we can speak openly here about it. So what happens to me sometimes I get out of nowhere sexual thoughts and it obstructs me to concentrate on my task I'm doing at that time and I feel uncomfortable with it. So uh, could there also a spiritual reason behind this? Means when these thoughts, they just appear. Uh, it's it. It happened like, see, again, as I share uh, in beginning that problem can be uh, physical, psychological, and spiritual. So sometimes uh, it is sometimes having a normal se sexual thought is normal in a way because it comes from our mind. It's a normal drive. But what happens when it becomes excessive and it distracts you 
So sometimes it can be that it comes from this spiritual dimension being from negative energy or from also, we can say, departed ancestors. And I don't know if maybe you have experience or some may have experience that what happened, you are at home and then at home you are fine. You don't have so many thoughts. But the moment the person goes outside to some mall or, or train or place where there is many people, and then they start having different thoughts. And sometimes we may feel, how come I have thoughts now? Because actually thoughts are everywhere in people or, or around us. So we catch those thoughts. And there is more negative vibration also when there is public places. At that time, we may get unwanted different thoughts that actually not ours. And actually, if they are like that, then they come mainly from the spiritual dimension, from negative energy. This is exactly like you tell. I one experience I had when I went to city to buy some things, and then I come back home, and uh, then there are more of these sexual thoughts, different other thoughts appearing in my mind, and I feel also strong urge then. At that time, um, this is the best thing is because we are not able to see, no. That is when we uh, go outside. Of course, you can. We can, as suggested, like we can chant. At that time, when we chant, we create a protective shield around us, so we are protected from the negative vibration from the outside. And kind of like you were alluding to earlier, there might be multiple levels of. Um... Uh, things quote going on so I'm guessing sometimes it might make sense to do I mean I'm, I'm, this is just a guess uh, just whether it's sexual or not but we're talking about sexual thoughts um, you know when the monkey mind is kind of going crazy like exercising and kind of doing physical exertion to exhaust that energy is helpful uh, when you were doing the mantras earlier uh, with the mudras also it, it's uh, another way of doing that calming the mind and getting into a kind of a trance state where um, we kind of bypass some of these uh, impulses. Uh, and I do think it's important to um, emphasize that sexuality is how we got here, right? So it's like like you're saying, it's it's normal. It's actually healthy at a level. Like it's completely normal. It's part of our hard wiring as human beings. Uh, it's just that between um, culture, which tends to, you know, shove sexuality into our faces more than probably is normal, um, and uh, maybe even stuff like full moons, you know, there's all sorts of factors, but, um, and like you were saying, even possibly, uh, ancestral influence, um, and, uh, personality traits. I'm into astrology. So I know some, you know, somebody with certain, um, astrological kind of, uh, designations might be more inclined to sexuality. So might be more inclined to asceticism and it's not such an issue. It depends on the person, like you're saying. And, uh, there's a lot of kind of ways to, deal with and i don't want to look at it as a problem it's dealing with a um a phenomena right so it's like there's there's better and worse times for this phenomena um sometimes especially as men like you know erections can just happen right like it's like that's just as what it is sometimes there's not even a, a sexual thought involved necessarily sometimes it's just a matter of body positioning or whatever um so it's it's good to know that there's a lot of uh ways to both deal with the phenomena but also, like you were saying, um, not to have guilt over it. I think that that can become kind of an addiction in itself. Um, the desire not to have desires it be can become like an ultimate desire. So I think there's some kind of 
balancing that needs to occur um, and ultimately being honest with oneself, being accepted, but also striving. It seems this kind of balance between striving for, I mean, holiness or purity is maybe too strong a word, but like right functioning, um, right mind, right? Uh, while also understanding we're humans, we're part, you know, part animals is a strong way to put it. But it's like we have very primitive kind of urges from long evolutionary, you know, histories. So uh, it, it's funny. Um, just how complicated we are but uh how do you look at um how would i put this do you look at culture as a big issue i mean the ashram seems to be something like where you kind of escaped the world and like got your programming right uh and then when you're kind of uh uh in a very you know i'm, I'm coming from a judeo-christian culture it's more like when you have the sword of truth and the armor of righteousness like when you're kind of equipped in a certain way the the uh, negative influences maybe have less of an impact. How do you personally view um, the world and cultural influence with these things? Because like you were saying, some of it's genetic, some of it's just happenstance, some of it is uh, misaligned thoughts, some of it might even be powers or energies outside of ourselves, like ancestors trying to um, loosh, I guess is the new age term, but like siphon off energy through us as conduits of living energy and living experience. How do you look at culture as a factor? Um, I mean, obviously, uh, on the one hand, in a kind of a Western sense, uh, the porno pornography industry is like, you know, people have the right to choose whatever they want, but have we become, this might get into you guys a little, but have we become so far away from what is correct that like we like applaud evil and, and laugh at good? Yeah, as I shared in regards to whether we come from Japan or we come from Germany or whether we come from India, USA, actually we are the exact same constitution as a human body. And um, only what may be the difference is the color of our skin only. And the way we in a way, grow up is just one factor, but in a way our mind is exactly the same. The medical constitution and the mind is actually the same but what happened we don't see now because we feel we are different but actually we all have a combination of quality and defect and of course from that we are in a way different but in reality actually by mind we are very similar and those makes also we can say sometimes those differences i'm christian i'm from hinduism i'm hindu or a Muslim, or I am a Jain, different religion. So because of that, we have become different. And as I shared before, is when you start coming together and practicing spirituality, you aim for something different. You are looking at the divine principle in the others. Or ultimately, when you start spirituality, we try that to see the God within the others. And it is not always easy because we are trained to see the out part, how we look like, how we dress up, how we speak and how we behave. But we get and seekers who sincerely try, they are able to sometimes we get spiritual experience, you transcend it and you start experiencing that oneness, that oneness that everyone is actually the same. And at that time the what is from the outside lose actually importance. And in spirituality, see, there are so many things in the world that we see now. And, but we'll just pay attention to that. 
in the Swazis identifications between so many things. But when we start trying to, um, with spirituality or spiritual progress, come to this uh, understanding that actually everything is one, but at that time, the other things become less important. Why we took that topic? Because ultimately, um, to grow spiritually, no? ultimately, we have to work on ourselves. As you say, we have to be sincere to ourselves. We have to accept where we stand, our fault. Just in today's time now, we are in the edge of the universe that is actually million years ago, where initially human beings were at a very high spiritual level. But in today's time, what happened? Human being in today's time, it is called Kaliuk, the era of strife, where human being, it has at a very low spiritual level. People are not interested in God or spirituality or to grow spiritually. They are more indulging themselves in worldly matters, getting rich, getting pleasures, happiness, instead of searching how we can be a better person or grow spiritually. This is actually the, um, this aspect of uh, sexual assault because it's something that affects people at large, actually. And it is one topic that to show, see, see here, it is a problem. But try to understand that this problem is also caused mainly by uh, the spiritual dimension. And ultimately, we have to practice spirituality to overcome the problem. And all the problem can be overcome with spiritual practice. Right. The way I kind of look, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means. The way I look at yugas, it seems like um, at certain golden ages, like there's not, like for a metaphor, there's not a whole lot of radiation. So we don't need to wear Chernobyl type suits. But in Kali Yuga, like you're saying, it's a lot of radiation, a lot of interference, a lot of chaos. So we have to kind of um, necessarily uh put on more protection in order to stay quote normalized like whatever normal would be uh, it's a lot more difficult in these times and in a weird way i guess we signed up for these times so we shouldn't be overwhelmed by the fact we have soul character to the degree that we thought we could enjoy the video game on extra hard or whatever um what is your impression of tantra uh, and, and you were discussing masturbation a little. Um, obviously, I don't think you think these are unhealthy things, sexuality, uh, masturbation. What are the, um, given your understanding, what are the kind of better or worse conditions for these things to occur? Um, you know, do you look at, um, for example, masturbation as something to relieve sexual stress, or is that just a bad excuse in a modern time and we should probably just be uh, pinching ourselves when we feel that urge, or how, how do you kind of deal with uh, proper uh, and, and sexual intimacy with like a partner and stuff? Like, obviously, it's what tantra is all about um, at some level. Um, where where do you see there being more appropriate or less appropriate times for these expressions of uh, you know desire and intimacy? So that you raised two questions. One question is about tantra, tantra sex, as so other is that masturbation. So again, what I shared now in the beginning of the topic, the problem is when it becomes excessive. This is what is the problem. So whether having some intercourse with the one you are close to or having that act, but ultimately it's, it's a, something that it should be normal. But when it becomes excessive, this is where it can create problem to the person. That is one aspect. And the second aspect is about tantra sex. No? So ultimately it was a, 
path that how people sometimes do that practice uh, to actually gets in to get energy but ultimately that tantra sex is um, quite can be quite dangerous for two reasons one reason is until the person is actually at a good level spiritual level and the person who teach it is actually at a good level then it may be quite it could be okay in that practice but unfortunately today the person who teach it may not be actually spiritually high or at the same time those who perform it also are not spiritually we can not doing spiritual practice or don't have spiritual capacity so what happen negative energy affects the person through this practice so instead of gaining spiritual energy they get they gain negative vibrations so it's actually for us in necessary we recommend not to go in that direction because it can be a dangerous practice right so kind of what you're saying it seems is that the compulsive behavior um which leads to addictions ultimately and a kind of misuse but uh so desire these desires aren't bad inherently obviously but it's excessive compulsive um uh energetics that are the issue more um and it did when you did that mantra and i was doing the mudras i was paying attention it's a little hard because uh, uh i don't know that language that well but i was trying to participate at least listening in and imagining that you were me saying it or whatever um and it did a, it had a very calming effect uh i think that there is a great power in you know there's magic behind these words and tones how important do you think the specific tones are and do you think um i mean we don't have to go along onto the discourse of like mantras and mudras and stuff but do you think these are specific technologies that um kind of have necessary effects or are these um will we find something that uh you know in the future where it's like okay here's a new version of that or are these like tried and true forever true methods yeah so just in money said before about that principle that name form and energy coexist and ultimately every name of god is associated with a principle and actually there is three principle that is called creation sustenance and dissolution this is the three main energies and those energies are actually combined into different chains so different name is associated with a different composition of those three principles and they are everlasting see this is what happened now in modern science something new comes something new comes something change it keeps on changing this is obsolete now something new but in spirituality it is science from beginning of the universe till the end of the universe it is only one science one truth so that name only that everlasting so those chant they are actually very enchant and in those chant there is those as well as are effective and even now or after long time the chant will be the same only because they are combined by those principles it almost seems like um alchemy in the sense of uh or or in, in a modern maybe equivalent would be like um chemistry right where it's like 
these things aren't going to change and, and depending on the combinations of this they have different like you're saying attributes um and i think i've heard what you're talking about uh with the acronym for god is generator operator and destroyer or you know dissolution um meant on that part dissolver um I'm asking a lot of questions, but I know there's people here that may have questions. Raphael, Adrian, Stefan, uh, if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask. You speak of chanting. Of course, it's interesting to contemplate, like, like to what degree could this be variable? It seems that, especially with like some Hindu traditions, at least it's pretty old. It's been effective for a long time, and it still appears to be effective right now. And aside from that, I mean, everyone knows about the idea of enchanting something like magic and it's in the word you chant so there obviously is something to this uh, Raphael see what happened is um, I think Jim you say no that when you listen it has a calming effect it's just simple only because our mind is always active all the time our mind doesn't stop it goes either in the past or future. And this is what is our troubling us the most, is our mind only, not our intellect. The problem is we feel our intellect make wrong decisions because of our mind. Our mind actually overpower our intellect. So actually what, what we do, so there is this technique I share, one is meditation or chanting. It is two technique. Chanting is an ancient Indian technique. Meditation also is actually an ancient technique. But what happens is, it is to achieve the same goal. That the mind becomes empty and you enter in a meditative state. But in meditation, what happens? It has limitation with space and time. That means you have to sit down, close eyes. No, you can't do any activity. And of course, in today's time, how it is difficult now, we, so, we have to do so many things. We have to work, commute, help, cooking, grocery. It is very difficult to find time to meditate. Actually, chanting, that was is easier. Chanting can be done during activity because it is in our mind. Many times you may have observed that when you just go for some random activity like walking, driving, commuting or whatever, something that is random only. At that time, we have many, many thoughts. They are not related at all to what we do because it's our mind now is playing. I think you say the crazy monkey. Our mind is like that only, but we don't know how to stop it. And many times, 80% of our thoughts are unnecessary. So that's why this chanting helps us through activity to reduce the number of thoughts. And when we have few thoughts in our mind, at that time, we are stable only, calm. It is simple as that. It's just that why we say magic, because actually we don't know our mind works, our subconscious mind, the subconscious, it, it works. But actually it is simple only. This reduces the number of thoughts. When there is no thought, mind become less calm. And when there is no thoughts at all, then we enter meditation. And with chanting, we can be in a meditative state, in an awakened state. Right, it is the high priestess card. You're talking about the subconscious. I do think at some level the high priestess is this, you know, behind the veil energy. Um, and it's funny because uh, mental, our brains are computers essentially at some level. And um, but our spirit, I guess you could say, and I'm not trying to get into dualism particularly right now, but 
um, there's an operator behind the machinery. Our bodies are machines and we're operating them from a um, consciousness standpoint. I guess you could say consciousness is operating through us. And it seems like uh, both with the world today being so full of distractions and options and pleasures and all sorts of stuff um, and the evolution of the brain itself, uh, we have this machine that's, you know, run, it's like a car engine that's just, go, you know, fl- pu- pushing the gas pedal most of the time so it's overheating and it seems that these uh techniques are um very much like coolant or something you know like kind of cooling down the engine and then you can actually kind of come at the uh at being inhabiting this body and this vehicle in a more um mindful way you know oddly enough you got to stop the brain from kind of firing randomly um and excessively obsessively kind of certain neurological um like neuroplasticity is what they call it. You can, you can do habits so much, uh, and we live in a culture of distraction and high engagement. Um, so doing these kinds of things probably does us more good than we even realize. Like it's always been good, like you're saying, you know, very ancient techniques, but we live in a world that demands that we do this more now than ever, really. See, in regards to mind, mind intellect, actually what is a two-man obstacle in growing spiritually? It is mind and intellect. This is what is actually stopping us to experience the God principle. And especially mind, no? In today's time, what happened? School is teaching us to build the mind only, to make the mind strong, to make our ego strong. But actually, in spirituality, is reverse. Is how to dissolve the mind, how to reduce our ego. So at that time, see why we are reacting or firing to the intellect, you say? Because the mind overpowers intellect. There's hierarchy body, mind, intellect, soul. So that is, we can say four. So what happened? Mind, now, because it is, we can say, corrupted, or it is uh, too strong, it overpowers intellect, it overpowers soul, and it controls body. But what what happened, how it should be, Eric, is when somebody is high spiritually, mind and intellect is not there. Actually, the hierarchy soul control everything. And what we call sense of higher orders. And in that present, you can feel the positivity. See, in small baby, no? small child, what happened? Why we feel so good in their presence, babies? Because the mind is not developed. Mind has not yet come out. Mind and intellect are not there. They don't have ego. So we feel blissful in their presence. But after when the person grows, and we call puberty, no? it is when the mind becomes active in the person. And then the personality traits start coming. But nobody is teaching us in today's time in school and colleges how to overcome the mind, how to overcome anger, how to overcome jealousy, insecurity, fear, worry. We let that mind overrule us. And as you say correctly, because of so many things happening, instead of reducing the mind, it is increasing the speed of the mind. So our mind is increased by the speed of what is happening outside. The spirituality is reverse, is reducing our mind activity, mind become less calm. And then what happened when mind become, then we are not affected by surrounding. We are not disturbed by situations because we are detached. We can, we live not, but we are not affected by what is happening around. And ultimately when we are able to overcome mind and intellect, then we are able to experience bliss from inside. And that is everlasting. And it is far, far, far superior than happiness that we know.
well put. Uh, I think the biblical term is peace beyond understanding, right? Like our minds try to understand and rationalize and, and grok everything. It's like, I've got to understand the framework. I've got to get and language, internet. I mean, these are all beautiful things. And I think part of the dream, uh, the Maya or whatever, it's still very interesting and, and we're manifesting it. But at some level, like you're saying, there's a far, uh, there's a far deeper well to draw water from and that's spirit and that, um, though it works through the mind, um, the mind has to be kind of uh, controlled is a strong word, but I think at least um, managed, maybe is a better way to put it, um, where we can manage our thoughts, manage our impulses, manage our, um, you know, and that's what breathing is all about, meditation, these mantras, these mudras, they kind of are almost like biohacks, um, hacking your, your uh, system to the degree where you it, it helps the process along. Um, did anybody else have any questions? I, I, I know I'm talking quite a bit. Adrian, Stefan. Uh, I want to ask one question as it was shared about these chanting or mantras that uh, it seems like uh, magic. So I felt, um, yeah, because also I did not understand properly the three chants which were given before. Uh, is it in a way very important to pronounce uh, correctly or, um, yeah, how should we focus? It's, it is not easy initially because I have, I have said three different names. So initially it takes time and we will not be able to pronounce it correctly and properly initially. But if we try to repeat it, if we practice it for some time after some maybe few hours or few one two days we may be able to pronounce it better pronunciation is important we may not be perfect and accurate but at least to be at least more or less proper is important so in a way on the website and you can always read we have article of chance for health and also we have different articles about we can paste also in the chat about overcoming sexual assault those those, those um, actually chant are there and then you can just listen to the audio and get familiar with the speed and the pronunciations and i want more question from my side about i was listening to the recording to the chanting and it was in a way slow so i do not feel like chanting in that slow way it is also possible to chant faster is it also beneficial and ultimately, there are, it can be that you can do as per... See, his mind is fast, no? At that time, we have thought. So, chanting slow may be difficult. So, at that time, you can increase the speed. Ultimately, you can increase the speed as per what is easier for you to chant. So, sometime on some day, you may have to chant faster so that you are able to overcome the, the speed of your thoughts. But someday... If the mind is more calm, then you will feel that chanting slower may be easier. Why is important, in a way, not too fast? Because it's more calm. It's, uh, there are three types of energy we call Satvaraja and Tama. It is also the three, what we call three gunas. It is three vibrations that is actually encompassing the entire universe. And they are very subtle. So sattva is actually positive vibration called purity, purity and knowledge. Raja is energy of action, and sat and raja, it's more like negative vibration. It's more like inertia and ignorance. 
So ultimately we are comprised and everything and everyone is comprised of those three vibrations. And what happens is when we, our spiritual level is not so high, we may be more rajatama component and less sattva, less purity. So our action may be much more restlessness, impatience, running. Our mind is fast. But when we grow spiritually, our mind becomes more calm. The sattva, the spiritual purity increase within us. And automatically what happens, this action or raja, or we can say tama that is ignorance or inertia become less. So our mind become more calm. And then so when we try to chant calmer, it increases um, purity within us, this, this positive vibration within us. But initially it is okay to do as per the speed of what helps you. But ultimately we, can, we should aim slowly, slowly to reduce the speed. But again, it will depend on the speed of our mind or the state of our mind. In terms of the, um, he was kind of saying, getting the language correct and the intonations uh, correct, it, it, this gets kind of back into vibration, like all life is vibration. So I think um, we live kind of in a postmodern world where like everything's relative, and I guess to a degree that's true at a level, but at the same time it sounds like, you know, um, certain code like it's like programming on a computer if you type in certain codes uh you can't kind of wing it uh, you have to do it specifically and if you do it specifically it has certain consequences or, or uh, you know action reactions um so see uh, how important do you think understanding um i'm imagining these are in sanskrit like how important is knowing that language uh ultimately like would you advise that to people no matter what culture they're coming from Hmm. Yes, it is not uh, necessary to learn Sanskrit, ultimately. Uh, it is important to repeat those chants um, as, per, as per this, because as you say correctly, it is associated name, form, and energy coexist. Huh? So if we say the name more properly, the vibration associated will be better. So this, as I said, it's a matter of practice to just repeating. And it is, it's a short sentence, and Om Namah Shivaya, or Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. It's, it's not so difficult to learn. So it's just to learn a sentence. But learning the language may not be necessary. Even for myself, uh, when I went to India, and I lived 10 years, I didn't learn Sanskrit or, or Hindi or Marathi, um, because I speak French, I speak English. But actually, I just because ultimately God is beyond uh, beyond words. God is actually subtle. So, but as per pronunciation, we should try to repeat as best as possible. But ultimately, if we sometimes we may have we are not able, still we will be able to get benefit. That's what's up. Good. Go ahead, Adrian. Good evening. So I find it very helpful this uh, what you shared about like that it is natural to have those sexual thoughts to some extent and but to pay attention that it does not uh, in a way harm my relationship or myself and I also wanted to ask one uh, I had one personal experience when chanting Sri Guru Dev Tatta as recommended by SSRF mm -hmm. I chanted it uh, many times and 
means nothing happened special, but once I chanted it in the morning. And I think after chanting 20 minutes of concentration, I started getting intense sexual feelings all over the body. And it was like very strong. I felt like almost it came to an orgasm. And it was very strange and unique experience. Can you maybe share what is this or what does it mean? Yes, what, ha what can happen? No? Two things can happen. When a person is having a sexual thoughts already, then is repeating those chant. So it may reduce it. Or other way around, the person is affected maybe by all negative energy, maybe affecting the person. But the person is not um, doing anything. But when they start, to they are exposed to this positivity. Because when you start repeating, you know, with concentration, positivity increase. And at that moment, negative energy react. So what happened? They fight back. This is one way of fighting. So in some others, what happened? They sit. They sit, they have headache. They come, they have strong headache. So they go and do some healing remedy, nyas, mudra, and chant to reduce the headache. Then headache subside. Or other way around, what happens? They don't have headache. They start to sit or they start to meditate because they want, and then suddenly headache start. Or same, they don't, they have suddenly lot of thoughts. So negative energy try to stop the person to meditate. The negative energy try to stop the person. So they may use different ways. They may use this sexual thought. They may use headache. They may use worldly thoughts. This is what can happen. So it can, see in spirituality what happened, no? It is not one straightforward situation. It may happen different, different ways it can happen. But sometimes we may feel it is abnormal. How can it is? But there is a reason for it. It can be this way or this way. Oh, so Sadhguru Siriak, if I understood you correctly, mm -hmm. that at that point, as I had some good concentration at that time, and then in a way it came. And after that, like, like you shared, I had like lots of thoughts and I was not able to concentrate anymore. So practically, what, what should I do at that time? Like, let's say that happened and after that. So yeah, at that time, no, as I share the negatives, try to stop us. Because I don't want anyone to grow, no? It's a matter of light only. When you want to make progress or you achieve concentration or meditation, positivity generated. So what happened? It is light like light. So darkness will start to stop it. They don't like, no? It is opposite. So at that time, you be to become aware, to become aware it is and to continue only, not to be uh, driven by that. You should realize that, you know, it is actually trying to distract me and then to focus again. So initially, what happened? This can happen like a fight. It may be not easy initially, but slowly, slowly, some moment we may be able to overcome. Someday we may not be able to overcome, but we are aware of the, we can say, the play. And it helps us not to fall prey to those type of distractions, or we can say, how negative energy try to stop us to practice spirituality or to grow spiritually. Our gratitude. It sounded like uh, an abstract Krishna in the background there, Adrian, with the flute action. Hopefully you're to it all right there. It sounded like I don't know what was going on, but cool sound effects just from my end. 
unsynchronistic at that level. So I guess um, if there's any other questions, uh, we can keep talking, but I don't want to take over what is night. I know it's getting late. I have, I have one more question. Go for um, so means with these chance mantras, it seems to be powerful. Um, yeah, we can also imagine one is in psychological treatment for um, because he has these intrusive thoughts. Um, can it be a beneficial technique when one is in a treatment to chant on, or should we stop treatment or what would you recommend? Yeah. See, actually, as a SRF, as a SRF, we recommend to not stop any physical treatment. So as I shared before, now sometimes mental illnesses, different mental illnesses, addictions or sexual addiction also, the root cause can be spiritual in nature, but the problem is suffering at physical or psychological level. So that time there is treatment at, for addiction also at physical level or psychological level. So at that time we tell them, you continue, you don't stop. But when you combine three remedies, then the chance of recovery is faster. And this is what happened. We have actually on our website different case study of seekers that they were following different treatment. It was a, a shared eczema. It can be insomnia. Some of them is depressions, uh, different type of addictions. And they are doing treatment at physical and psychological. And when they started to um, start a spiritual remedy or healing remedy, then they overcome the problem. So for us, is it is very important to continue the treatment at the physical level as well as this psychological treatment, but to combine the spiritual healing remedy or spiritual practice. So doing things in concert seems to be more effective generally with anything. I mean, if you want to learn a language, it's like listen to the language, also write it, also speak it with people who speak that language. You know, uh, immersion on multiple fronts seems to be the best way to go about things. Um, I can't think of any questions off the top of my head. Um, but this has been a very helpful um, foray into understanding our sexual urges and validating that they're okay, you know, they're healthy, but also knowing that the um, obsessive kind of desires in the mind can be part of the problem. It seems that uh, uh, learning how to uh, manage our meat suit, so to speak, our bodies. Um, is uh, with intentionality, with consciousness, you know, a higher mind or a soul, or however you want to put that, um, is the way forward. And I do really appreciate you coming on. Um, I just want to make sure nobody else has any questions. I can see make sure. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Word. I just talked. I mean, I know that this is an opportunity that's you know isn't every day. So I do want to thank you for giving us your time and your uh, wisdom. I hope that we can get you on again and talk about other topics if you're interested. Um, and I would love uh, to check out your website. So I'm going to definitely be checking out some of these mantras and um, codes, so to speak, um, and trying to apply them uh, with mindfulness and repetition. Like you're saying, it's not a one and done. Sometimes things take time. Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. So uh, I hope everybody learns that they can engineer their reality. Um, using techniques from others, you know, uh, and there's wisdom out there for those who are seeking. And, you know, uh, when the student is ready, the master appears kind of thing. So just always be kind of aware where you're at in your own journey. 
Um, be willing to confront yourself honestly, and there's always solutions. You don't have to sit around beating yourself up saying, why am I always sexually aroused and freaking out and then getting into a neurosis about that? Um, just kind of being honest, finding people who are dealing with similar situations and discussing options uh, like we did today can be both um, you know, alleviating in terms of the guilt and the stress of it, but also give uh, remedies and um, program programs of behavior and thought to uh, kind of address these human issues. What a weird trip we find ourselves on. Is that not right? I guess, are there any uh, parting thoughts from any, uh, from either the listeners or you, Sarek? No, thank you, Jim, that we could come to your show and definitely uh, we like to come again because we have a lot of topics. Actually, we are covering many, many topics from the spiritual angle to address it and what can be the solution. Even tomorrow, we have actually a live stream sessions. Every Wednesday, we have a live stream of question answers. Uh, it is a half an hour topic. And we have for the almost for the past seven months since the beginning of COVID, this live stream happening. And this tomorrow, it will be um, on YouTube and you and Facebook Live. And the topic is actually how to uh, how effective is Reiki and pranicaling. So we are going to share the research and the spiritual findings. And the, and it is quite interesting because we also show in our uh, live stream like that also some research diagram. We show some subtle pictures by somebody who have a sixth sense. Uh, we show sometimes some research using biofeedback device that the aura can be seen. It is very interesting, so I, I encourage you also if to try to see because the spirituality is a science of infinity, and also to read the website because we have a lot of articles on different topics, also about spiritual practice. And just the aim is how that every human being has the capacity and potential to grow spiritually, but ultimately there is no secret in spirituality we have to put into practice. And ultimately, it is more important is to start uh, and to continue our our journey. Uh, Namaskar and gratitude. I like how you put that. Spirituality is the science of infinity. Uh, and guys, we're on this ride, doing it here and now. We might have been here many times before, and we might be here many times after now. But here we are. So be here now. Do it well if you can. Find the others along the way. Um, and yeah, just try to bring your best foot forward every day and be grateful for the opportunity to be conscious in a human body on earth. What a privilege, right? So I do want to thank you all for uh, participating. And uh, like I said, we'll have to get you back on here. And that Reiki kind of thing sounds fascinating. It seems like you guys are doing a lot of uh, team rabbit hole stuff, um, kind of combining modern technology and uh, data with um you know, spiritual tools and uh, programs from the past and, um, more, you know, new age kind of stuff too. So very cool. Uh, Raphael, any party thoughts? Well, I'll just say thank you very much uh, for sharing. Also, thank you to everyone who had been asking questions. The website is ssrf.org. It is all about, in my mind, of course, the unification of religion and science and these are amazing examples in action. So once again, Syriac, thank you very much.
thank you, Rafael. Bonsoir. Thank you very much. It was uh, very nice, very inspiring. Thank you, everyone, and uh, enjoy yourselves. Shakata Vasharanam, Bhaktan 
ಅನುಗ್ರಹ ಗುರು ಭಕ್ತ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಪತಿತೋದ್ಧಾರಾ ತವ ಶರಣ ದತ್ತಾತ್ರೇಯ ತವ ಶರಣ ದತ್ತನಾಥ ತವ ಶರಣ ತ್ರಿಗುಣಾತ್ಮಕ ತ್ರಿಗುಣಾತೀತ ತ್ರಿಭುವನ ಪಾಲಕ ತವ ಶರಣ ತ್ರಿಭುವನ ಪಾಲಕ ತವ ಶರಣ ತ್ರಿಭುವನ ಪಾಲಕ ತವ ಶರಣ 